Friday. You know what that means. I finally found the right door. I kept going through forbidden ones. First forbidden one I went through was somehow wound up in Chad Campbell's bathroom. Sorry, Chad. Then I went through another forbidden door. I wound up on uh, the No Holds Barred podcast. I, I think I'm in the right room. Andrew, are you there? Andrew, am I in the right room? Uh, it depends. Are you coming from the north side or the south side? <laughs> um, I think you're north, my south. <laughs> you're right and my left, yeah, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're finally both in the right door. I think we're in the door to our uh, to our mom's basement. We finally made it. Yeah. You know, I, I think we should start calling each other the MJF to our Adam. You're, you're the MJF to my Adam Cole, Andrew. <laughs> or maybe I'm more the MJF. I'm probably more at least less likable than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to do the math, two for me and two for you, right? <laughs> true. Yeah, I play more video games though, so I don't know. Maybe I'm the M Cole. Do you have? Yeah, a... yeah, that's true. MJF didn't like he. He's seen the he. He talked about how he never had any friends. I'm like, that's me. That's me. That was me. <laughs> you have a history of concussions. That might... <laughs> who's Adam and who's MJF? Now he he is no problem jumping on a plane to get out of town. That's not me though. Correct. That's... <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, Andrew, we're back. We had a little time yep. off. Uh, we had some scheduling snafus. Uh, snafus. Uh, I went farther south than you are. I was in Puerto Rico uh, looking for Carlos Colon. Couldn't find him. Um, how are those stem cells kicking in? Well, uh, some guy named Invader asked to meet me in the shower stall, and I'm like, nice try, pal. They don't call me Bloody Brody Head because I don't know about his history. So, <laughs> that's a deep cut right there. <laughs> that's a good, that is a deep cut. <laughs> it was deep enough to kill him. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know what's funny? I was just uh, – this, um, this is really random. I, was, I just followed this YouTube channel called Kim Justice. I don't know if he's ever been on Place to Be Nation's podcast, but he's like a British guy who just basically like talks through all the Puro stuff. Oh, cool. And they were talking about how the WWF did some super shows in Japan and that nobody really liked The Undertaker, but they really liked The Berserker because he looked like Bruiser Brody. Oh, yeah, and he probably stormed the crowd and stuff. <laughs> yeah, John Nord. And he was like, <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, it's Bruiser Brody come back to life. So that, like The Berserker got over in Japan, but not The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> my dad used to do The Berserker's call like in public. Huss! 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 Yeah. <laughs> just to annoy us. <laughs> but uh, no, I just found that I, I will I will shout out that YouTube channel. It's like very there, there were things I found out about Japanese wrestling I never ever knew. Like I did not know that women, AJW the the women's one they were forced to retire at twenty six. Oh, I didn't know that either. That's that's wild. So it was like minor leagues. They had to like just like filter through them like at once they hit their expiration date. Wow, how crazy is that? Can you imagine if someone was forced to retire at twenty six now? Like. WWE roster would be gone. Right, and, and a good portion of AEW's as well. Like, wow, twenty six seems young, but uh, yeah, we're back finally um, after uh, the the winds of change came sailing in. But we are back. Um, I'm fighting a little bit of a cough here in Michigan. By the way, anyone listening headed our way for SummerSlam? The air quality is horrible here. Yeah, the winds uh, of change and the winds of pollution. Yeah, yes. bring your <laughs> bring your Dean Ambrose uh, merchandise gas mask. When you head to Michigan for SummerSlam, um, it's it's weird. It's like it doesn't feel like when you breathe the air, it doesn't feel any different. But like some days, um, for anyone who's listening, who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Up in Canada, there's all these wildfires 
and the smoke from the wildfires of Canada is affecting the air quality of like Michigan and up in like Buffalo, New York and stuff like that. And like literally some days when you look up like the moon, like like right now it's uh, eight o'clock my time, and so it's still light out, but you can see the moon. The moon's mm-hmm. like red in the sky. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Is 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 there a John Moxley like getting uh, out of the <laughs> mouth somewhere? <laughs> waiting. It's, it's got a fork <laughs> in it. <laughs> well, we um, I mean, we we have we have something that messes with our air condition up here. It's called the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It rises and then the heat gets thicker we have we i don't know if this has been a national story but we've had we've had record temperature highs in the month of july like somewhere in the 113 heat index which is like that's like qatar it like hot like you can't even like function in that heat yeah it's been pretty crazy lately so we i've been cooped up inside pretty much trying to stay with the heat i'm i'm just not an outside person really anyways like i like to be inside too Oh, I, I do have news. I am going to my first SmackDown ever oh, on the cool. 28th with a friend of mine, Ryan, and we're going to go to the Smoothie King Center. I've heard rumblings that it's not so bad right now. Maybe I need Let's to see. list a close line of headlines and find out. I acknowledge you, my tribal chief. I want, <laughs> I want Andrew to storm the ring. That is the second to last SmackDown before SummerSlam. So there's like oh, one okay. in Dayton, Ohio on that Friday, then the next day, Detroit for SummerSlam. Cool. You know, we're like a we're we're an AEW show, and we talk AEW for the most part. We don't really shy away from WWE, but we feel like no, they're almost w- interconnected. Yeah, you yeah. Can get WWE content on a million podcasts. Uh, not to say right. this is the only AEW podcast on earth, but you know, um, I will say before we went on the air, we both acknowledge that WWE is really like firing on all cylinders right now they're selling out arenas um their you know their money in the bank show in london was very very good so like i was impressed here's a question to spring on you do you think wwe doing like being a hot product do you think that's good for all wrestling i i do i think that it when it's that it's that old phrase that they say like if the top guys doing good we're all doing good yeah. like a rising tide raises all boats. I think the fact that AEW is trying to up the ante in the summer because that's sort of their trend in in the last couple of years that they seem to really pick up steam in the summer when a lot of those big programs are out of the way and they have you know they have the capacity to put in put together good programs and they got more than they got like two to three pay per views at that time too. Double or nothing, Forbidden Door happened, and now we're getting ready at actually in actuality for two. Um, they still haven't really said how they're going to put that together all in and all out yet. I would yeah, imagine they did announce the- that they're both pay-per-views, so that kind of is a bummer on my wallet because I don't think uh, going to get both. Uh, my fellow Andrew Andrew Zarian reported that it's going to be a bundle on yeah, Bleacher Report. I think that's the only way they're going to get people to get both. But long story short, they're like AEW's good at this too. Like they know how to put together good product in the summer sure. when there's not as much going on on the outer realm. There's a writers and actors strike going on, so you have no idea how much stuff original programming's in the can. So it's kind of like this situation where the wrestling companies are like, "Oh, eyes are on us," you know. So like now they're starting to really feel it. I think one of my theories about WWE, to be honest with you. And it, I know this sounds dumb, but like this is more of a long-term uh, point of view. Is that I think a lot of these people who are now um, stars in WWE, they've been around for a minute. And I think what's going on is that the kids that have watched them from the beginning have now grown up to be teenagers. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, these are the people that they loved. Like they are the yeah. new mainstays, yeah. and now they're basically become uh, quote-unquote legends in their eyes. 
It, does that make any sense? No, it does. Yeah, like these are people they've always known. And I, I, I feel that when I scroll like my Twitter timeline, I get a lot of wrestling in my suggested feed. And there's definitely a generation that is younger than me that's into wrestling on Twitter because they'll talk about like all-time greats and they'll mention like Dolph Ziggler. And it just makes me feel ancient because I'm like – I'd have to go really far down the list. To get to yeah, the another thing that fans, another th- a thing that fans love there. I've I've noticed entrances. They love doing the karaoke in oh, yeah. WWE. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's awesome though. I, I like it. I've heard someone say this: Is Seth Rollins over, or is his theme song over? And I th- it's a good question. Like, if mm-hmm. you just put the, his theme song on anyone, would it still get that reaction? And I think well, I know what is over in AEW. It's buckle bombs. <laughs> yeah, it's all over, pal. Which that was one of the weird ones. We'll talk about that. Let's let's dive right into that. Like there was a, a a news bit that came out that AEW's banning a whole bunch of moves. Buckle bombs was one that I thought was interesting because you, you know I that? never liked the I never liked the buckle bomb. Well, and more man. than that, do you see them very often in AEW? Like that's sort of very like Seth Rollins. Uh, very, very little. Like, the whole idea of the buckle bomb is like, oh, well, it, the turnbuckle is a trampoline, and you could just bounce right off it. Like, right. no, you can't. No. Like, that happened to Sting, and he almost died. Right. So maybe Sting's the one responsible for <laughs> He just said, hey, can we just also ban buckle bombs, too? <laughs> like... <laughs> I always I always heard that story that um, AJ Styles had said about how he had no problem with the six-sided ring until they went to a four-sided ring and he realized how much softer it was mm. because there's less space to cover. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it just depends on how tight the turnbuckle is. I, I don't really know like what the mechanics of a ring actually is, but I never liked the buckle bomb. You know, I, never, I always thought it was a dumb move. Well, it's weird, too, because like it, it doesn't really look safe, and it Oh. It's never been a finisher either. Like I could see maybe if it was like a like remember when Ken o- Kevin Owens would power bomb guys like at the edge of the apron and how brutal that would look. Yes, like, like I think that's what the buckle bomb is supposed to look like, but it doesn't. I there, there are some. I mean, listen, Forbidden Door already happened. There was one where there was one move that got pulled out of there. Um, by the way, Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega had the greatest match in AEW history. Yeah, right. um, but there's one where literally, like, Kenny and Will probably had to talk to each other and say, like, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. And they were like, yes, I trust you. And they pulled out a fucking Tiger Driver 91. Which, are you is, which is not on the banned moves list, I don't think. <laughs> no, it's, it, that's in the you can't do that to humans list. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that but there, was... are moves that are, there are moves that are done that I still cringe at, like, you talk about Kevin Owens. When he does that little fisherman buster off the top, oh, man, that scares the shit out of me. Oh, like, yeah. that could kill a man. Well, and you what's know? so weird about wrestling is we talk about all this. And listen, I'm I'm in favor of banning stuff that could be dangerous or unhealthy for a wrestler, stuff like that. But then you have Bailey, who just got injured at a house show. And I don't, did you see the clip, the footage of that? Yeah, it's like a, he, she was just running. Yeah, she, she was, was just... running. So it's, it's like mm-hmm. it's still a sport in that sense, in the sense that they put their bodies at risk and, like, you could go to all the measures to try to protect them, but injuries are still going to happen. Um, not to say that they shouldn't ban anything. Like I'm, I'm totally fine with them putting in some rules, not just for the safety reason, but also too. Like if there's buckle bombs and tiger drivers in the opening match, what does that leave for the main event? You know what I mean? Um, right. I think it's more of a pacing standpoint of like absolutely. we can't do this in every single match. Absolutely. You know, and like I think that's why producers have become important. I just read a story that Nick Aldis, who finished up in Impact, is probably going to go to WWE to be a producer. Like I think those yeah, he's young ag- too. He's only in his yeah. I think agents are just are not as important as the wrestlers, but I think that they you know people like Dean Malenko. Are, I did hear that BJ Whitmer had a domestic issue, so they had to let him go. 
Um, but like Jimmy Jacobs and like those people are very important in how the stuff is put together because they have some they have some great minds too and they've seen a lot of stuff and so they probably have to communicate with one another and say um, you know we we can't do this this is already happening earlier you also have a second show Collision Collision's different I kind of like the pace of it because it's kind of a breath of fresh air it definitely of like feels like two different shows it's just a wrestling show if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, speaking of collision and speaking of, of ages and stuff, so you and I and Steve Willie are in a text thread with each other, and I was watching live two weeks ago and telling mm-hmm. you guys that Bullet Club Gold and FTR had a really awesome match. That was the Eliminator tag. Yeah. Um, little did I know what was to come. but I think They had came, an awesome-er match the, right. <laughs> the next week. But I think yes. it came out that uh, Arya Davari was the agent for that match. Okay, uh, so Ari, when he came in, was helping with the women's matches, yeah. uh, and they and they were like markedly improved when he started. So, you know, it's just weird. Like I remember there was a story that Dean Malenko. This is like eons ago, but remember that really bad Miz John Cena WrestleMania main event. Yep, Dean Malenko booked it. So a lot of people thought like he was getting crapped on and done for doing that. I remember Jamie Noble booked that really bad Royal Rumble you went to in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And so everybody thought, oh man, Jamie Noble should never book a show. Like, right. like it's not, they're not all winners, but like, the, yeah, the, the two matches between, you know, Jay White and Juice Robinson and FTR were more than winners. I yeah. mean, the, the second one, which went about 50 minutes, that is one of the best tag matches I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dave it's probably Meltzer, better than the Briscoe one. Yeah, Dave Meltzer called it the best. Uh, he he's a lot of qualifiers. I think he called it the best American tag team match on TV. Okay. Which, you know, that so that eliminates pay-per-view. It eliminates any international. So, like, yeah. I mean, I'm I hard. I see it. The, the, the one that comes to mind right away is, mm-hmm. go back to 2001, Yep, Austin and Triple H against uh, yep. Jericho and Benoit. That was probably the best match of 2001. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, and, I think yeah. it's, it's totally belongs in that same category. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, FTR Briscoe's was pay-per-view. All three of them were pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah correct. Uh, so. Uh, so that wouldn't count. I mean, like, I don't want to get all nerdy about it. Like, do you give it four and three-fourths or five and five and a half? Like, yeah. like I know that Osprey and Omega got, I think, six. So I think that's the that's the high bar now in the AEW, and it's deserved. That's an incredible yeah. match too. H- hasn't he given seven to something before? Seven like his all time no. highest. He gave five and a half to MJF and Brian Danielson, which is an incredible match. Yeah. Um, yeah. He also gave five to um, Hangman and uh, Moxley in that te- that brutal Texas Death match. Yeah. I'm but go um, ahead and Google. Uh, but th- that's a fantastic match. I, there's this one. There's so many really intricate, smartly done spots. There's one on the third fall where they ch- the FTR is, is setting up for the superplex to a splash, and I think Bullet Club intercepts it. Yeah, insane. And it turns into a Jay White splash, and it's so fucking good. Like I almost thought it was over. You know. Yeah. Uh, I want to say he gave Okada and Kenny. Seven stars once. Yes, that was the one where where Kenny finally won it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the highest he's ever gone. Yeah. So seven know? seven is the high right now. Mm-hmm. Watch him like just really blow up the internet and, and just come out and say it's actually based out of twenty total. Like, <laughs> well, I've always made the case of like almost like uh, efficiency. Like, just pump up the numbers then. Like, so so if Randy Savage or Ricky Steamboat is a perfect match and you say seven stars is a perfect match, just bump it up to seven. Right. Like, yeah. I've I've tried to make that case, but it's just the math is too sloppy. 
yeah, it's so it's so bizarre. Like, <laughs> but no, the the collision match that probably is the best television match this year in AEW. Oh yeah, I, I mean, probably. And there's some good candidates, but like, that's that's. that's does, has WWE had a TV match that rivals that? Like, you I know, know, I'm a dude. I'm I sound I sound like I have recency bias. I just saw one where Sammy Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens defended against Dominic and Damian Priest. It was a fucking great match. Yeah. <laughs> dirty Dirty Dom is. Excuse I'll tell you one of the things that's getting raw over. Rhea Ripley is over. Yeah. Rhea uh, Ripley is over. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, something I saw clips of today that I, I'm interested in. I think it was on Raw. Uh, Chad Gable and Otis wrestled the Viking Raiders, but the ring looked like a giant Viking boat. Viking rules, <laughs> right. So the Viking rules is that they get a giant Viking boat? <laughs> <laughs> um, Moxley and Omega got a pretty high one this year. Yeah. Uh, and then, yes. And then um, and outside Kenny, Kenny and Vikingo, too. Kenny and Vikingo, and but outside of that, those are pretty much the only TV ones. Yeah, that okay. that people have in that in that stratosphere. So, rest of them are pay per views. Yeah, match. And I say this, you know, you know talk about Meltzer's star ratings and just being kind of confused and flummoxed by it. I'm not like really a Dave Meltzer hater. I actually like. I, there's a large I, think, I have a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect for the encyclopedic knowledge of Dave Meltzer. Agreed. Very yeah. Much. Um, but even I, as someone who I think would consider myself a fan of him, I could still respect and say that he is totally absurd with his weird like now it goes to seven you know <laughs> like, it's, it's, so, it's so bizarre so yeah but um but no like that the collision show is great the other thing that sort of surrounded collision alongside the those two tag matches the you know the one the first one the rematch um was the owen hart tournament that was almost entirely circulated on collision, especially yeah. the men yeah, all the, the men's matches. <laughs> yeah but um we did have winners in that one yeah, um, and honestly, I, if I would have like put put a betting slip on it, I think I would have lost money on both. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky Starks beat CM Punk in the finals. Uh, didn't turn heel, but showed some heelish tendencies. Yeah, they 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 fly down Jushin Thunder Liger to present the trophy to Ricky Starks. He just takes it from him. Leaves. I know. <laughs> what do you think he made to do like four minutes of work? How much do you think he got paid? Oh, I bet it took longer to get into the suit than it did to show up. <laughs> right. Do you think he had, like, face paint um, on under the mask, too? He had to get some, probably the same advance that Muda got yeah. for showing up. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like a nice little pop, but it was just weird because not only that, it was a it, um, there was a Battle of the Belts right after. That was live, pal. And so what happened is this was the first – the only thing that's notable about that is that this was the first time ever there was three consecutive hours of AEW on I, I'm cable television. Honest, I didn't watch it at all. Well, that's the hard part. Like that was a hard out on Collision. Like that sh- that match between Starks and Punks literally ended right when they were about to close. Yeah. So they're finishing up the aftermath of the Starks Punk Owen final and the beginning of Battle of the Belts. It might bump a rating for Battle of the Belts because you got that overlap, but it just didn't make sense. Like it if did, you're trying it, to do a program, it doesn't make sense. It did get a decent number. I was looking today and. I think Collision was like five seventy, and Battle of the Belts was like over five hundred thousand. Yeah, it's now basically on the same run as like what NXT gets on Tuesdays. Right. You know, and yeah. Rampage is kind of like gone the way of Wrestling Challenge and <laughs> like yeah. all those other. Oh, Rampage might be a show that's worth watching now. Like, yeah, you know, Willow Nightingale and Athena. 
I wanted to see that one because I got a really good feeling they're going to probably wrestle one another at Ring of Honor on the pay-per-view coming yeah. up. And, and we're going to get Royal a, Rampage coming up this Friday. Yeah, because it's a two-ringer. Uh, by the way, Blood and Guts is, Tuesday, is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, our Dark Dynamite. So Yeah, uh, our Dark Blooding Guts Dynamite. So this is the part of the show where we act like we watch it. Andrew, what would you think of Blood and Guts? It was bloody and it had a lot of guts. I give it 1.8 stars. I give it um, I give it four out of five Moxley blood cups. <laughs> like I think it'll be bloody, but not as bloody as the as the second one. This is actually the third one. For those who don't remember, they had one in Daly's place, um, between the Pinnacle and the yeah, Inner Circle, with the really bad um, uh, Jericho. Also, no, Je- uh, we said this about Anarchy in the Arena. No Jericho in this one either. Yeah, they was, they were doing some weird tease where Callus was like making it seem like he. Jericho was the fifth guy. Jake Hager even like turned in his hat. Like, I know the only good thing about Jake Hager, and he takes it away. Yeah. He voluntarily gives it up. Yeah, uh, and then it was just all kind of a bait and switch where it was Pac, which I think Pac fits that group pretty well. Like whether he's official uh, Blackpool Combat Club or not, and he had kayfabe reasons, you know, yep, uh, yeah, Kenny, Omega. Like Kenny Omega. Yep, yep, yep. So, and I mean, the last time we saw him, he was. Uh, losing a best of seven. I, I th- well, no, we might have seen him since then. Since Maybe the so. If, he, if so, it was very, like, very small. But, um, yeah, you know, and the Lucha Brothers are kind of away doing their own things. Um, I did read that Ray Phoenix had to drop all of his belts at AAA because he just can't do it anymore. Like, he's yeah. too, got too many commitments elsewhere. Yeah. Did you hear, okay, they had, I think it's Triple Mania. I think that's their show. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear who Pentagon wrestled in a ambulance match? Yes, I did. But you can say it. QT Marshall, and from the reports I saw, it was an incredible match. <laughs> I, I'll have to see it. This is like it. this is like when Johnny Ace would have great matches in all Japan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it's like yeah, it was great if you forget who's in the match. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> so know? weird. Like I saw like some still images. Like looks like there was light bulb tubes and stuff. It's like oh, yeah, they did, I did see a spot where Penta gets a light tube straight to the head. I and saw I think QT Marshall won the match. I think. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> he had to get on that plane to fly to co- the red carpet premiere for Cody Rhodes' documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, Cody Harley limo driver. Harley Cameron's uh, got invited to the oh source. Oh my god! Of, to the Source Awards. <laughs> oh my god! Harley Cameron's rap. Yeah, I like I like Harley Cameron. She's all over television, but the less said about that, the better. Yeah, oh my god, that. And I am not listen. I am not Iggy Azalea. Like I am not someone who can like critique rap, but that was bad. Yeah. That was yeah, bad. It was, rap, it was not dude. good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, let's stick on uh, sticking with the the luchas um, in the Mexican wrestlers. Uh, news kind of came out today that Roosh did not re-sign. I don't know if you heard this or not. My my Mexican friend Rouge, it did, I, my yeah. connection did not uh, make it make it through. Yes. Yeah. So and he tweeted. I, I went on his Twitter account. He tweeted something like family and his picture of Dragon Lee, who's in mm-hmm. WWE. Like he, you, he's you, at NXT. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Rouge would fit in WWE? I feel like he's a little vicious for WWE. He's pretty stiff. Yeah. Like now now they have some guys who work stuff. I mean I mean. Gunther is. <laughs> yeah, Gunther's like one of one the biggest stars in the dead. company. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he's probably one of the most over wrestlers that they have in the company. So being a stiff wrestler doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get over in WWE. You right. you can do that. But yeah, Roosh is a very particular taste. I remember when people were making jokes about when CM Punk had said that he took a offense to Hangman 
uh, giving him a chop, and he kind of chopped him in the mouth. Yeah. And people were like, oh, wait till he gets in the ring of Rouge. Right, Because right. <laughs> Rouge has got a reputation for being tough and, like, giving a lot of really, like, uh, stiff offense. The thing about Rouge, though, is that he also takes a lot of punishment. Yeah, he, t- so, he had that match with Jungle Boy, like, two months ago where he basically just beat the crap out of the kid. And it was right before his main event. Yeah, before Double or Nothing. Match, like, what? You know, rip Jungle Boy, but um, the thing for Roosh is, if that's true, it's a shame. Um, I really liked him in Los Ingor Bernabalus, and um, you know, you'd have to repackage. I, I know this is a very small thing, but you'd have to repackage Breston Vance. Um, figure something out there. Um, probably have to disband Los Ingor Bernabalus in general as a faction. I mean, you yeah, you have Andrade, but Andrade's a babyface on Collision, feuding with uh Andrade. Like, or, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, Ma- Malachi. Yeah, yeah so. So, I don't know. I mean, I really like Rouge. You know, you can't keep everybody in house. It's just impossible. So, if he signs elsewhere, okay. You know, I got best of luck to him. I really enjoyed him. I thought he was going to, I thought he's got a bright future. I'm going to make a quick apology to our listeners. I'm muting my mic quite a bit and coughing. But I know in the past, sometimes the mute only affects the call and not the recording. So, if you're listening right now and I just keep hacking up lungs, uh, again, this is what you're in for when you come to SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the thing for uh, Roosh like that that would suck if that's true. Yeah. That would suck if that's yeah. true. And and not in a point like oh it suck if he goes to WWE. It's just like as an AW fan, like I think he's a good character. Like I like him there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I think WWE is in a spot now where even me, like one of their harshest critics, can say okay, you know what they could probably do something with him. Like they're not really fumbling the bag over and over and over like they had been for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, suffice to say, though, if he's leaving AEW because the roster's bloated, it's not like WWE is hurting for talent either. Well, their their, their baby faces are organically getting over, like LA Knight and Rhea Ripley, and they're not doing the Vince thing where they're burying them. You know, Vince would almost do it in spite of the fans. I'm like, oh, they like this guy or girl. Let me um, let me put take them down a notch. Whereas it feels like with WWE, they're like, you know what? Let's just ride the wave a little bit. Yeah. And you see, like, you see Rhea Ripley on Raw all the fucking time. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I love Rhea Ripley and Dirty Dom, but like, Dirty they Dom. know they know what sells. They know the segments that people watch, and they're they're doubling down on it. They're even putting them on NXT. Yeah, like it, it feels for, like the Judgment Day is Raw and the Bloodline is SmackDown. Like those are the yes, you know. And there's sort of a bit of a soft split between Collision and Dynamite. Dynamite is more of the wacky final segment is a promo type of thing. Like literally, like the last Dynamite we saw, the final segment was the reveal of of mystery partners. Yeah. Um, by the way, Kota, uh, when they announced Kota Ibushi, I mean, it was it was pretty awesome, even though a lot of people expected it. But Kenny Omega, I mean, he muffled every single word. I didn't understand a word he said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you see the being the elite uh, explanation of that? No, it was actually pretty funny. So like, it's it's him talking to the Bucks, and he's like, "Hey, you, you just got to let this happen. I'm gonna go out there, and 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 I and I, and I might take a beating, and and if I take a beating." You don't come out and you save. You don't come out and save me until I mention that we have a fifth fifth guy, which is kind of funny because like that's like always been like a wrestling trope. Like, why did the Bucks wait until that moment to save? Him? So he's like, he's like, to I don't care. Out, yeah. he, he's like, I don't care if I'm bleeding buckets. You wait until I make that announcement. They go, what if you get rock hard in the ring? He's like, if I get hard, just just fine. Just wait, wait. <laughs> so like, <laughs> Hangman Page walks in, and like then it cuts to like them backstage and like. Hangman's like, should we go save him? He's like, no. He told us to wait until he does it. He goes, what if he gets rock hard out there? 
<laughs> like Juice Robinson? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> you mean Mr. Collision? Mr. Collision, Juice Robinson. <laughs> I think you both have to e-crow on Juice and Jay. Like, I know you weren't high on Jay, yep. and I wasn't high yeah. on Juice, but I think we're both high on him now oh, as a team. Oh, dude, they <laughs> put those two together, and it's been gold, man. And, like, it's kind of funny because FTR feels like they just got the belts, even though it was a couple months ago. Like, they haven't really done yeah. anything with it. They and I was, the I was wanting the Bullet Club to win the belts at that point. I'm like, give it to them, man. So it well it felt earned. The other thing that Correct. was awesome about the post match of that, even the two out of three falls, you would think, okay, that's a blow off. That's something where you can't top the match that you had. Um, Jay and Juice refused to shake their hands. Yeah. So, so there might be more you can tell it. that they're lingering that story. The story about Joe, like uh, CM Punk finally wrestled some of Joe for the first time in a long time, and the match was fine. I didn't think it was great, but I didn't expect it to be great. Yeah, and uh, my, Punk got on a roll too. up. And Joe shook his hand, but then he gives him the Kohita clunch. So now you can go back to that. You know, Starks cheated to beat Punk. So you got a slow fa- uh, heel turn there. So they're they're slowly putting together these elements that surround Punk and FTR on Collision where you can always go back to them. And they're not trying to rush into things, whereas Dynamite, it, they just dive headfirst. Like, it's like, all right, we got to keep rolling with this, right. you know? Right. That's that's how I feel the two different paces are, whereas with Collision as a two-hour Saturday show with a lesser roster, they take their time. There are some things that I have issue with, like the whole thing about, oh, we're not going to just forget about somebody. I haven't seen Wardlow on television in three weeks. You right. know, like... No, that's fair. And, and, like, I haven't seen – I've seen Miro, what, twice? Like, come on now. Like, we, yeah. there's got to be a way you can get these people on television. And as much as I love Miro and, uh, like, I kind of sided with him and, like, okay, Tony Khan, find something for him. In AEW's defense, he's back, and he's cut those same promos. It's like, okay, eventually talking about fighting God has to lead to something. And it's I wonder like, if he and his wife got a divorce. In real life or in character? In real life. Uh-oh. Like, I, I, I wonder if he's renouncing his wife because he actually... Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just rampantly speculating. <laughs> Get Paige Van Zant on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, Miro's doing those vignettes. I can't remember who they're angled towards. I don't think there's one particular person. If yeah. I'm not, if No, I'm, it if was I'm the not... same thing where it's like God's favorite again. Yeah, but now Andrade is is directed towards the House of Black, yeah, and I actually correct. like that. I actually like that point of view. So um, there is definitely direction on Collision. Powerhouse Hobbs is sort of not on the side of QT Marshall anymore. Where it's yeah, like gave him a shove he's becoming power man. Yeah, when he yes. when he cost him the Owen tournament. Right. So there are little story elements peeking through collision that's sort of like collision only and whereas with dynamite it's kind of the elite doing their thing with blackpool combat club but if this is a blow-off after blood and guts maybe they have to reset things going into um all in so well maybe this is going to be the blow-off to whatever is the next storyline chapter going into august i don't know i just brought up tiktok and i searched up cj perry which is uh, lana aka rusev's yes miro's wife and I see no sign of Miro on any of her TikToks, but uh, very few signs of clothes as well. That's uh, what is Miro's God in any of the, <laughs> is Miro's gods in any of those TikToks? I didn't see, but you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know the latest TikTok trend. So, <laughs> do you think, do you think gods photobomb sometimes in the clouds? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, they work in mysterious ways. <laughs> 
So, like, what did you think of the Owen winner? So, you had Ricky Starks. The other one was Willow Nightingale. Yeah, I like Willow winning um, because I really thought it was going to be Ruby. So, it's like, bleh, you know. Um, yeah. And I like that it wasn't as obvious. Uh, I like Ricky. I don't know if I like Ricky turning heel. Um, that match was not very good between no. Punk and Starks. Yeah, it and, got going the last five minutes. Ricky Starks is an interesting character because he has great fire. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's a good promo, and I think he's pretty good at selling. But like, he doesn't have. I don't say his matches are bad, but he doesn't have classics. And it feels like in AEW, so many guys can put on a classic match, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like he has good matches, but like nothing. I can't think of a Ricky Starks match where I've like gone back and rewatched it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he doesn't have that one match where it's like, yes, this is Ricky Starks in a nutshell. Sure. Like. Whereas for Ricky Starks as a character, if you just watch him from week to week, you get a really good idea of what his character's like in terms of mannerisms, and in terms of facial expressions. In the ring, hard to say. You know, I've always said that about Sammy Guevara. Like, you know, he's... I kind of like the way they're doing Sammy now, because they actually kind of have him tilting to the face side, yeah. where he's teaming with Garcia. somewhat working? Yes. You know, because you Garcia... Garcia? <laughs> the Garcia dance makes me laugh. <laughs> I was going to say, did you say Daniel Garcia or Alex Wright Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the dance makes me laugh. <laughs> I like it. Well, like there was a, I know, uh, like Forbidden Door happened a minute ago. I know okay? exactly but the moment you're gonna. Talk there was that it. spot in the four way where he just keeps doing the dance and no one can stop him from yeah, doing everyone's it. Everyone's hitting him and it's just making him do it more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's good comedy in AEW, man. But um, uh, yeah. So that and that one is gonna be Sammy and. And Garcia, because they've moved on to the final the, of a different tournament, which is the Blind Tag Eliminator. Yep. And they are wrestling new best friends, MJF and Adam Cole. Mm. <laughs> Bestest of friends, which a lot of people think this is like the best story going in AEW right now. Um, the vignettes are funny. Yeah. I don't. It, at first, I did not like that match where um, they were wrestling a god. I think, it, who was it that they wrestled before oh, Big the Bill? the first round. Um, yes, I forgot it already. Yeah, uh, let me scroll. Um, while we're talking here. Uh, oh, uh, it was Matt Menard and the Butcher. Yeah. yeah that's I, I, <laughs> that's people, an interesting one. People loved it. I thought it was just okay. Like, some people thought, oh my god, this is so funny. This is so funny. Because it's the sports entertainment side of things. Yeah. You know? Because that's what MJF's good at. Like, he's trying to get over, like, d- body slams and double clotheslines. Yeah. You know? And that's awesome. Like, I think that, you know, being able to put over, like, very simple things without having over yourself is great but for me when the first when the angle first started i was kind of like oh this is just a heater so that mgf turns on him and then there's more heat on the feud going forward and now they're like some pe- i see some people going like oh man you can keep this going for months and i'm like no you can't <laughs> yeah. yeah it's gonna go to i mean it, this isn't gonna be an all in or an all out match right god no please no uh, they should be wrestling another yeah i right? don't think it's big enough of a deal for either of those shows the thing is, though, like, they've tried to heat it up so quickly that, I don't know, like, if, let me ask you this, if MJF turns, when MJF turns on him, are you going to be like, man, Adam Cole, he's such a sucker, he fell for it again, or do you feel like, man, he kind of, like, left him hanging there? You know, I I think that it's like, is Adam Cole just going to be the new Sting, like, where he just yeah. gets turned on by everybody, because he's just yes. so, like, good-natured and accepting? I think mm-hmm. it could be. I think the best. I think the best one would have been like instead of uh, Adam Cole asking MJF to play video games with him, MJF had like all the video games yeah. at his house. Yeah. 
and sucking him over like, there. I've got fight. I've got fight forever on every system, man. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's going to be the uh, one of the matches on Dynamite coming up in Boston because yeah. they're finally out Canada. Which which that'll uh, be an interesting thing because we'll see a little bit of brand. Not well, brand, they also have pegged. Yeah. They also have pegged the match after that, which is the winner of that would wrestle FTR right. on the July 29th collision in. I want to say it's in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Right, which is what I was just going to say. Like, so we'll see like Adam Cole go over to Collision or you know something mm-hmm. like that. So. Um, it's it's definitely a very shades of gray roster split. Like I like that they don't yeah. say it's a split roster, uh, because if they did, you know, like they had Sting and um Darby show up to reveal their forbidden door partner, which was uh Tetsuya Naito. Yep. Um, yeah. he looked fine. You know. Yeah. Nothing way great. He's a guy that he he reminds me of Mas- Masahiro Chono in that all his best work is in Japan, and when he comes to America. He just uh, he gets his he, he leaves his work right at the airport. Let's just say that. You know who really, you know who really impressed me, even though his match with Jungle Boy wasn't amazing. Sonata, mm. Sonata looks like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah, he's got a like, good look. Uh, what did you think of Forbidden Door? I know it's way past our time now. Yeah, I mean it's weird that we're talking about it because of our scheduling mix-ups. Like we couldn't talk about it, but I mean, I think it was better paced than the first Forbidden Door. Didn't feel like it went on forever. Like mm-hmm. that was my problem with the first one. Um, I think that they made a mistake in having Danielson and Okada go last. I agree. I think Kenny versus Osprey took the took the air out of the balloon. Yeah, and then Brian and then Danielson getting injured too. I mean, he broke his arm like. And he finished the match. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it's it's interesting that he won clean. Um, that he beat Okada. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe like they were talking about a rematch at the Tokyo Dome or something. Um, I thought it was a good show though. I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, if they if they do some return stuff for Wrestle Kingdom uh, in Japan, like in six months, awesome. Like, yep. doesn't is it make me gonna want to watch um, uh, Wrestle Kingdom more? Probably not. You know, just like Forbidden Door. If I was a casual and I watched Forbidden Door, would I want to watch more AEW? Probably not. You know, because yeah, it's, it's, it's not storyline driven. It's an interesting pay per view now that we've done it two times. Like, it's almost like the four weeks of Forbidden Door and the show itself are like in its own bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't affect really anything moving forward, and it's for a specific fan base, um, and then it's just back to normal, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, so, like, they, they swing into things, and, like, Omega did not have a broken neck, thank God, and he wrestled Wheeler Yuta, they had a great one, um, the Dark Order and the Elite kind of jumped back to their feud. You talk about Rampage, they had their 100th episode, the very first match was the Dark Order and the Elite, and it was really, really good. Yeah, um, that was with... Uh, Evil Uno getting a pinfall, right? Over, yes. Over uh, Hangman Page. Yeah, some, he pinned him after European uppercut by Claudio, right? Yeah, so. uh, Dark Order like uh, got kind of got smeared online. Like People were like, oh, get these guys out of here. Like I don't know. I don't think I'm that down on them. I think they're giving him one last gasp. I think they're Agreed. giving him one last chance as a heel faction to see Agreed. if they could really get this over. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I still like Alex Reynolds. Like, um, I think he's got a future as a singles guy. John Silver, the problem with John is that, you know, his limitations are he's obvious. so small, yeah. He's so small. And, like, there's only so much you can do with that. Um, Evil Uno, he actually, I believe, even set up for a singles match against Stu Grayson on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up. Okay. Uh, even that, like, when you mentioned Evil Uno, like, even if the only reason for their involvement was 
as a potential fifth member for the Blackpool Combat Club because he bled, and that's kind of like their thing. When you bleed with us, you're with us. So it's like just as a possibility of a fifth guy. Like I now, if, if it would have been Evil Uno, I think people would have crapped all over it. But you know, mm-hmm. like, just in terms of storytelling. They set up the Jericho thing. They set up Evil Uno, and then they went, you know, wild card and brought back Pac. You know, so yeah, and they still have their real weird spots. Like they got Lance Archer just come out of nowhere and he challenges Orange Cassidy after he hasn't been around for like three months. Yeah, exactly. You know, they they still have that problem where it's yeah. like, oh yeah, we have this toy in our toy box. Let's pull it out. Yeah. And and do this and that's I don't know I know I'm harping on it but that's why I kind of like Collision because like every week Christian Cage reminds you like I am the champion even though Luchasaurus won the match like <laughs> yeah. so you you were always reminded of that storyline no matter the other the other thing that I want to be the well actually guy on is that supposedly you can't get, hit people in the back of the head Luchasaurus's finisher is a lariat to the back of the head I thought it was chair shots to the back of the head is what I thought. Oh, okay. That well, that would make sense. Well, let me tell you this: the unprotected chair shot thing. I thought that was like way long ago. Where it's like, yeah, we're not doing that yeah. shit anymore. Yeah, you know, I, I like, didn't know that they were. Did we need the memo for that? <laughs> right. Well, and the you one know? was like spitting on someone. It's like really. <laughs> like, okay. And what did you um? What did you think of the Battle of the Belts in Calgary? It was Orange Cassidy and Lance I didn't Archer. Watch it. I didn't watch it. And the one thing that was interesting is that Tony Storm and Taya Valkyrie, it, the the feet actually cut out nationally yeah I heard so about no that. one saw the finish yeah. um it was Tony storm one but yeah. yeah so if tony storm and taya valkyrie have a, a match at battle of the belts and the feed cuts out does anyone care sort of like <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest does anyone hear it <laughs> i mean we've seen this before do you remember when the network first started for wwe and they had an nxt show and, and like tyler breeze is like oh, doing yeah. his pose and it just freezes oh, <laughs> and you're just staring at tyler breeze for 20 minutes i remember launch day of the network i like got on before everyone else. I'm like, guys, I'm in, and nobody else can log in. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got no problems. And I fired up, like, a, I think Heat Wave 98 from ECW, and mm-hmm. it just froze on, like, Chris Candido getting captured suplex <laughs> for 11 minutes straight, you know? <laughs> like, you gave me a reminder of that because I, I watched his Dark Side, and I wish I hadn't after that. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. That's how all the Dark Side of the Ring episodes feel like. Yeah, but, I wish um, I had. Speaking of Dark Side of the Ring, did you see who was front row ringside at Collision, no, was uh, David Benoit. What? Yeah, apparently Chris Benoit. Is that his name David? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently he sat Benoit. front row. Um, okay. Like there was some pictures on Twitter of like FTR and Punk like hugging him, putting their arm around him and stuff. Like not like in any affiliation with AEW. Like they're not signing him or anything. He just happened to be there front row. Like Chris Benoit's kid. I mean. That's that exists. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, if David enjoys wrestling and he gets front row seats through, you know, people like Jericho and stuff, great. Sure. Like, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and piss on. And it. I also like, feel bad for the guy. Like, if he wants to pursue wrestling, like, hey man, chase your dreams, but good luck getting hired because of yeah. your last name. Like, and uh, and especially since Christian Cage is there, the last person that I would want is someone with a dead, a famous <laughs> dead dad. Yeah, like Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne. I cannot, yeah. I, I know that Christian Cage is just waiting for Nick Wayne to show up on Collision. <laughs> I heard your dad is dead, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Nick Wayne against Swerve Strickland? Uh, I thought he was very good. Um, I thought he really won the crowd he, over. He was jittery to start. Yeah, they had this little, they had that little catch as catch can sequence, and he missed a couple minutes. But things, but Swerve is so good. Like he just cleaned it up really, really easily. Yeah. So yeah. they had a good one. And I think but, uh, it's fine that he Avalanche lost. Boys, you know, Rana. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fine that he lost. Like, I think it makes sense that a, a wrestler would lose their debut. 
you know. Yeah, an 18 year old wrestling a veteran. Yes, that would make right. sense. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, not everyone's got a debut with a win. Um, and I, I don't know what what they do with him. I don't know what kind of place they have for him. Um, other than you know some feature matches and stuff, but I thought he was fine. Uh, the yeah. big the big thing I took away was that he he got the crowd. You know, he got the crowd really into him. They were they were chanting Nick. Yep. Like they were chanting for him at the end. You know, so Which, so like he had him on his side. Compared to like in Action Andretti, who the crowd didn't care about until he pinned Chris Jericho, and then they never. Cared I about saw him, him again. wrestle against um, Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky showed up um, again on Collision. He was it was his first match on AEW in over a year, and he yeah. beat um, Action Andretti. Yeah, right? Action Andretti's kind of to me like he's just there. Yeah, he's not bad, but if he's never there again. I, it would take me a long time to notice, you know. Yeah. Uh, give me a prediction on Blood and Guts. Who do you think will actually win? So I think the Elite win. The Golden Elite? Okay. Yeah, and the reason why, one, is he got the debut of Ibushi, and two, like, I don't know if we talked about it on air before we went on, I think that Claudio's going to take the pinfall and submission so they can also set up a title match at the Ring of Honor show. Yeah, whether because Mark from, Briscoe's hurt. Whether it's so from so Adam Page or Kota Ibushi, I think it's one of those two. Okay. Um, and it might be Adam Page because Claudio hit him with the uppercut to cost him the match against Evil Uno. So Page maybe gets the pinfall and wins, and then Page versus why Claudio. Don't, why don't they just have a rematch with uh, him with Claudio and Eddie Kingston at the Ring of Honor pay per view? But instead of a wrestling match, it's a staring contest. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so Eddie's uh, really living his best life right now, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing the G one man. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything in your life? That if you got to do it, would make you as happy as Eddie Kingston is right now? Uh, I would be, I would be at a sports book for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, and just walking around for days for no and no and with no responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, the thing is, let me ask you this: I don't really know the answer. I know there's a lot of people in the G1, like always, but how many AEW people are in the J1? Um, I think Eddie Kingston is the only one. Okay, I mean, okay. unless. Uh, Lance Archer, like, are you talking about people who've been in? Uh, p- active wrestlers who would have their schedules impacted by the G1 is what oh, I was thinking. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's only Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, yeah, because he's not in this uh, Blood and Guts. So, yeah, that, yeah I, I definitely can see the Golden Elite winning this one for sure, especially since they didn't win Anarchy in the yeah, arena. Yeah, and I think this is the blow-off to this, story, to this feud. Too. It's going to be an incredible match. Yeah. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually um, scared about what the things that they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, I, I think it's the blow-off, which, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I guess could lead to some interesting, where do they go? Like, where does Blackpool Combat Club go? Uh, it sure seems like Kingston and Eddie, or not Kingston, Kingston and Eddie, the same guy. Uh, Kingston and Mox maybe kind of have some seeds laid. Did, uh, did you see the promo where John Moxley just literally says, Eddie, Answer your phone. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like like they're crying grandmas. <laughs> it's like you know, AEW and WWE are so far opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. In that WWE assumes you remember nothing. Yes, and AEW assumes you remember everything, and both are so wrong. <laughs> and they're, and they they're, both, but they both take a stab at melodrama. They do. Sure, like sure. The the John Moxley Eddie Kingston not beef, but. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Tension? Yeah. Like, that's actually a really nice play on, like, you know, playing off of the... Would you call it cinema, of, of though? Bands. Is it cinema? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I don't know. I, I, the Emmy nominations came out, and uh, I didn't see Joe and Noe nominated, so yeah. we got some problems here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my picks for Best Actor are... Uh, Oh, gosh. Man, I was going to make a joke. What's the guy's name that's in Better Call Saul? Gosh. Oh, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk and uh, Sami Zayn are my two <laughs> best actors. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then a couple of AI people were the other three nominees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, correct. I mean, listen, let's be real. I mean, that's I know that's a big stickling point about the actor strike, um, about AI and how often it can be used for people, especially that Harrison Ford de-aging thing and Indiana Jones that bombed. But yeah. let me ask you this. Are we getting to a point where we can just use AI to run matches? Like, just, like, run them on, like, a screen or, or like, a like a hologram or something? Like Sean, like like Shawn Michaels, and Eddie Guerrero, and Bret Hart and Kurt I don't, think, I don't think it would look right yet because if you've seen like the AI video generations, like there's one you got to look up the, the AI of the, John Cena eating ice cream. It's, no, it's no, but I have demonic. I have seen Johnny, I have seen Johnny Cash uh, singing a uh, Barbie Girl. <laughs> seen that one. I heard. Uh, I heard Plankston from uh, SpongeBob singing like uh, <laughs> Mr. Brightside. I think. <laughs> 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 So this is this is what humanity has come to. Yeah. What if <laughs> people said people said that you know you can't put you can't put live you can't put civilization in the hands of technology. I'm like no, it's in the wrong hands already. Yeah. What if that's Miro's end game? Is that his quest is that he's out to dethrone AI? Like in like that was the, that was the plot to Mrs. Davis on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally the plot to a show I just watched. Um. But yeah, that's possible. Maybe, maybe the god that he's renouncing is the AI god. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet the AI could write some pretty good promos, though. Right now, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Artificial. <laughs> I remember that movie. Oh, well, you know, uh, ChatGPT. I would love to see him try to write a promo. I would. Lo- I would love to have a wrestler just use only promos that he gets through ChatGPT. That'd be a pretty decent gimmick, actually. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to cut a promo, so I'm just going to use ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, so do you remember the York Foundation, like, way back in the day? Yes, with Richard Morton yeah, and, and Alexander. Like, they would consult, um, it was Marlena, like, Dustin Rhodes' wife. the computer. Wife. The yeah, they would say, what's the next computer? move? <laughs> like, ChatGPT. Oh, no, okay, now I got it, now I got it. So, if you're not a wrestler, if you if you can have an angle where you're a wrestler, but you're not, you act like you're not a trained wrestler, but you use ChatGPT to figure <laughs> out what your next what moves move is. to do. <laughs> yes. That would be the that would be the gimmick. I, I mean, Vince could, Russo is writing this right now. I think that could work. <laughs> I think that could work. You Are you going to watch uh, Death Before Dishonor? No, no way. Do you think ChatGPT can make a better card than Death Before Dishonor? <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't hear you there. Oh, can can ChatGPT make a better card than Death Before Dishonor? Well, if it can make any card whatsoever, then yes, by default. Yeah, we literally don't have a title match <laughs> yeah, right now. You think, think it might be Coda? I can see that coming. Um, Hangman, I can see that coming. I can see somebody out of nowhere on Rampage. They just pop out yeah, and right. say, the hey, I want to wrestle this. Maybe I don't even Rouge. know. Maybe what it's the... a big swerve. Rouge Maybe it is. ROH. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Shibata's going to wrestle Garcia. Athena and Willow Nightingale. I think that should actually go last. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's like actually has a little bit of story to it, so why not? Um, the Lucha Brothers defend their tag belts against the Aussie Open, yep. best friends in the kingdom. I'm sure they'll be fine. Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and Samoa Joe wrestle the winner of a of a contenders match between Dalton Castle and Shane Taylor. 
Shane Taylor's like the heavy set guy, right? Yeah, he was friends with Keith Lee. Yeah. They were in a tag team. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather it be Dalton. Yeah. I, I don't really care either way. <laughs> yeah, honest. and I think, well, by the way, um, the acclaimed and dad, the acclaimed are determined to get daddy ass gold one more time, so they're going to try to wrestle out some black for the trios belts again. That would be a interesting match because mm, that's in Newark. That collisions in Newark, New Jersey. Because I think acclaimed, uh, like they showed like back at All Out and stuff, they can have really good matches. Uh, I don't think Billy Gunn has shown that yet. Like he's he's not like Sting. Like Sting's popular, and Billy Gunn's got that nostalgia pop too. But Sting delivers, whereas Billy Gunn is still Billy Gunn. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean it's hard. It, they're they're more of like a performer type of thing. But they also said they're going to be in the Royal Rampage Battle Royals. So I don't even know what the gimmick of that is. Like, is it going to be like a one winner or is it a tag winner? Like, I, I have no idea what they're trying to do with the Royal Rampage. Oh, the yeah, last well, year was Brody King. Yeah, last year was Brody King choked Darby Allen to death, which was pretty mm-hmm. cool. That led to him power bombing him in every appearance he's in for three months. So, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, you know what? So, here, here's my pick for winning this one. Ah, uh, no, I don't know. I think if Hook beats Jack Perry, I think Jack Perry wins the Royal Rampage. Hollywood Jack Perry? Yeah, because his whole character arc that's turned him heel is that he basically promised that he'd win gold, and he keeps failing. So mm-hmm. if he fails to beat Hook, although I think he might actually beat Hook, so who knows? By the time um, this comes out, we'll know. <laughs> I would say Chris Jericho. Oh, okay. But but here's the thing, like Jer- Jericho, I think you've said this before, is is diminishing returns. Yeah. Like in the now his match with Commander was good. I do get tired of Commander's whole gimmick of like, I'm trying to do the spot here. Give me a second. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. Wait. Wait. I slipped. Wait. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> he did do a really awesome rope walk into a, I think, a shooting star press. Yeah. It looked really cool. But, but yeah, the match was good. It's just, you know, he's just he's like a spot fest guy. Oh, he's um, a spot fest, yeah. Where do you think they're going with that callous thing with Jericho? I don't know if they're going to go anywhere with it. I think it might have all just been a red herring because of okay. the, the fifth man. That That's just my guess. Okay. I don't know. I don't really know. Um. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we kind of hit everything. You liking Kenosha to Keshta as a bad bad guy? Yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's doing really really well. Um, I I like I like some of the other things that they're doing involving uh, like uh, I I think actually Jungle Boy turning heel was actually a good idea. I do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was like, and what's cool is they. The crowd was the crowd wasn't turning on him, but the crowd was losing interest in him. So instead of waiting for them to actively turn on him, and it feels like it was a retroactive decision, it felt more proactive. Yeah, the me. guns being sort of like ancillary members of the Bullet Club is awesome. Yep, I like that. Um, I I've always been fine. down with the guns. They're fine you know? goons. Yeah, I did like it goons. when JY called them gold members, and Austin Gunn does the Doctor Evil. I thought that yeah. was so fun. <laughs> uh, one thing I'm not looking forward to is the kind of with the blind eliminator tag. It, made it seem like Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland is still not a done story. Please just end it if you have more. So the story that came from Fightful that they are they are ending it very soon. They are finding a, a way to get a blow-off done. It's like, 
we haven't figured it out yet. We literally have five hours of programming, and you <laughs> haven't figured it out yet. Right. We just gave an hour of programming to two tag teams. Like, you can't do this. And they split, like, literally at this point, what, like, five months ago? Like Now, Keith Lee, I don't know if this was on purpose, but there was a particular match at Open Dynamite where it was Darby and um, Orange Cassie against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland in the blind tag random eliminator. And they made Keith Lee look really strong in that match. Like, Keith Lee was killing like, everyone. He got rid of Even, the gray hair. Yes, he shaved it off. Yeah. Like, maybe they're doing a bit of a repush of Keith Lee, which yeah, is which I'm fine with that, yeah. I think AEW actually needs some hosses. And it's kind of funny because the hosses get over. Like, Wardlow got over, and then they kind of forget about him. Like, Big Bill. One of the best teams that they had was Bill, Bill, I was about I to say, Big Bill say, and yeah. Brian Cage. Yeah, You're Big right. Bill and Brian Cage were, like, probably the highlight of this tournament, you know? So, I don't know. It's interesting because uh, I think, what like. Do you think of, what do you think of John Hennigan getting a second chance at this Johnny TV? Eh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't hate it, but, like, it doesn't interest me. You know what I mean? Like. Right, I mean, and also you're saddled with freaking QC Marshall's <laughs> Right, although I think like, he can make that work, like, because he's, he, he could do corny and, and pull it off. Yeah. Um, whereas, I'd rather Hobbs get out of there and stick him with an old guy like, like Ennegan. You know, Johnny TV. So. And when it comes to Ring of Honor, I don't watch it. I don't watch it on the regular, but I did hunt down one that I would recommend. It was a long time ago, though. Okay. Um, but it was since we recorded. Athena and Kira Hogan had a Chicago street fight. And it was very good. There is an incredibly dangerous spot. You talk about dangerous spots. They do a suplex into a tower of chairs on the outside. Oh, and I, mean, I saw that specific spot. It looks brutal. It's gross, like, bro. It, it was a good It was a legitimately good match. I was very surprised at how good it was. Athena might be their hardest working women's wrestler they have right now. So is... Do you think Jade Cargill's done? No, I think they're getting ready to repackage her in some way, shape, or Maybe form. Maybe he's a baby I don't finally. Think, yeah, I... I think they're trying to do something different with her. Gotcha. You know, um, I, I, I think I think what it is is that um, they really wanted her to have like a stop and start from when she lost. Gotcha. You know, kind of picking up the pieces type of thing. So here's a, a TV related question for you, and I know we're all over the map tonight, and that's okay because I've always right. said when we're all over the map, that's just like dynamite. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you prefer Ian Riccoboni to Kevin Kelly? I, I actually like Kevin Kelly more. Okay. Because Kelly's a little, and I don't mean this in a bad way, he's flatter. Like, And I actually kind of like that out sure. of the announcer sometimes. I but like him being very basic. Yeah. Just calling, like the Vince Scully approach or the Pat Summerall approach. Yeah, because Kevin you missed know? the last collision. Uh, because he was in Japan he, doing the G1. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it seems like when so he's So good gone, old IR yes. <laughs> with, uh, with his cowboy hat in Calgary, uh, yeah. you know. He did great calling the, the 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 collision show, and that was a big time collision show. You had the finals of the Owens matches, and you had that big tag match. So yeah, yeah. you know, it was a good got show. a lot of shine. Uh, Andrew, something I've been hyped for for a long time mm -hmm. <sighs> blew up in my face. Your uh, your PlayStation blew up in your face? <laughs> quite not. Well, I almost said literally, not literally, but figuratively, it did. AEW Fight Forever came out at the end of June, June 29th. I bought it day of, brought it home. Loaded it up, played it for six minutes, the game crashed. <laughs> Turned it back on, played it for six minutes, the game crashed. I'm like, what the heck? I pulled the game out, looked for scratches. Okay, nothing's working. So I switched to another game. Game crashes. I bought AEW Fight Forever the day my PlayStation stopped working. 
<laughs> oh lord. You got the red ring of death or whatever they call that thing? So it's this weird, like, error message. And, like, you can report it to PlayStation. And so then I, like, go online and I type in the error code. And it's like, mm-hmm. here's what you do. Rebuild your database. Refresh. I had to reset my whole system. Uninstall all my games. All the stuff. Did all of it. And they said, if that doesn't work, contact Sony. Well, it didn't work. So I did all of it for nothing. I call Sony. Oh, Lord. I call Sony, and they're like, uh, your warranty expired in May. And so it's June, of course. Uh, of course. Send us a check for $270 with your PlayStation, and we'll fix it or replace it in 30 business days. Oh, Lord. So <laughs> my, my uh, analysis of AEW Fight Forever that we are going to talk about is – the 12 minutes that I played were really, really fun. <laughs> you know, it's funny that they banned those moves, and you can do, like, twice as bad things in the in the game. <laughs> oh, you can, like, leave the ring a blood-soaked, like, it's disgusting. The blood collector well, they, really would have they to showed it to a lot of uh, gameplay influencers, Twitch people. Yeah. And so there's a lot of live gameplay that people have seen already on online, you um, know. But my, my early analysis is it's easy to pick up. But it is a hard game to master. Like, like I've played the WWE games. I haven't played the current one. I played the last one. And WWE almost suffers from reversals being too easy. Like, if you have good timing, you can reverse everything. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, whereas AEW, I was like, why can't I reverse anything? <laughs> so, again, opposite <laughs> ends of the spectrum, which can be just as frustrating both ways. Um, but I'm... I'm, I'm down with the challenge. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. Once I get a fixed PlayStation, I'll give a proper analysis. Um, but I enjoy... It's kind of exactly what I expected. Uh, more arcade. Okay. Um, throwback to the old uh, WWE, uh, WCW, N64 games, which is what I was wanting. And, you know, they did not disappoint. When they do a second game, do you think they should just kind of go with more of a standard now that they've gone with this type of game? So I think they're going to need to be, yeah, I, th- I think they could stick with that engine, but be a little more in-depth with uh, what you can do. This feels very much like a bare-bones game. Okay. Uh, and so in that sense, I could understand people waiting this long for this game being a little frustrated because we waited this long for it, and there's not a lot to it in terms of features and modes and things like that. Even, like, they, they do have the exploding barbed wire deathmatch, though, so, which I didn't get to play yet, so... <laughs> and they have the countdown, too, yeah. like like an FMW. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so... Where it uh, just blows up. I didn't get to play it, so I don't know if it's great or not, but, you know, uh, my review is... Uh, I can't give it any stars yet, but I will be grading on a 11-star scale. Take that, Mouser. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave. Yeah, right. Um some some date announcements. So All Out will be at the United Center. There will be an All Out after All In. Um, and they sold a bunch of tickets to All Out already too. Yeah, All Out is pretty is like around the eight thousand mark. Um, Steve Williams, uh, Grant, one of those ticket holders. Grand Slam will be in Queens again. That'll be on uh, September twentieth. They're going to be for the first time ever at State College, Pennsylvania, which is where Penn State is. Uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions play their basketball games. They also weirdly booked a December two December dates in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Aaron George. Oh. <laughs> I don't George know why. Like, join the I Dark just they were because they were doing that whole Canadian loop. The only thing about the Canadian loop I didn't notice, Jordan, that I didn't like is that the crowds got smaller and smaller as yeah, they kept I think they were too the ambitious. I think they got too ambitious with their booking. I think like, if they would have... You know, you're going to Toronto, Hamilton, Edmonton, Regina, yeah. Saskatoon, back to Regina. It was like, 
oh my god, man, like, <laughs> you're really, like, you're tapping into this yeah, well. Like Saskatoon is, it might be a big province of size, but it's like Montana, you know, like, it's big in land, small population, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, Cal- Calgary, they got a pretty decent crowd. Sure, Calgary, know, Toronto, those the- are fine, but, and I'm not opposed to hitting those smaller ones like Regina and stuff, but two shows there seemed really... Now, now it can all be made up for by the fact that, you know, WrestleTix had put out the post and a lot of people got hot and bothered about it that All In is at 75,000 people now. Yeah. And, and they're That's getting, insanity. they're trending real close to breaking WWE's attendance record. I don't think they're going to get to 80,000. I don't think so. But I, th- I think they're going to say they did. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna paper it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think they're going to say but, they um, did. But um, I am very much looking forward to, not necessarily the event, but how that looks. Like, that's going to look amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know how the... Like, there's going to be so many people there, I don't even know if AEW's production is prepared for it. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. That, that's fair. I mean, like... Yeah, I don't know. I, and it's, it's an outdoor I mean, stadium, but, correct? Think about this, Jordan. Like, the biggest the biggest venue they've had in terms of tenants was 19,000 at Arthur Ashe in 2021. That was when Danielson wrestled Omega. Yeah. This is three times bigger than that. Like that's insanity. That's wild. That's that's wild. like going to Live Aid or like what's the what's the um what's that uh concert yeah, Band that, Aid or whatever Far yeah, yeah or what's that what's that one that you're li- uh um the one that uh, Isaac is going to <laughs> oh Rolling Loud yeah it's like one of those it's yeah. like I remember they had actually I remember WWE decided to have a match on SmackDown at Roaring Loud and I just remember the fans have no idea what they were watching. Well, have you <laughs> seen? Different, uh, yeah, my son's favorite rapper is a guy named Lil Uzi. Did you hear? He released a song called Nakamura, where he raps over Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song. Does he punch people in the dick just like Nakamura? <laughs> well, he's about tall enough to where it's like eye level with him. So, <laughs> he's, he's really but no, I, but the thing is, like, when you try to do those like festivals and you try to, I remember ECW showed up at one of those like um, rock festivals, and it's dumb because they're not wrestling fans. These are going to be seventy thousand wrestling fans. Right. So, like, I don't know what kind of response it's going to get. Yeah. You know, but, like, it's like the WWE crowds. They're lively, and they're hot, and they're really responding to the characters. And I feel like AEW kind of hit a bit of a, a drag in Canada where it was like... It, I'm not saying it was the same loop of people, and they were like, oh, okay, we've seen this before. I just felt like the energy was lacking. I agree. That's, no, I agree 100%. Let's see how Boston is with blood and guts. Yeah. And and they got good sales there too. Like, and they're mm-hmm. not hitting WWE numbers. So WWE selling out ten thousand seat. They, they're in the ten thousands right now. Right? But I mean, like, they had one seven and eight. They had, you know, they had one in Orlando where I think they sold it out completely at twelve thousand. Which is, I'm not trying to harp on WWE too much. It's just that's not normal for them. Like right, it yeah. feels like they've, they're hitting a bit of a hot streak. They're on a they're on a hot streak for sure. Right. Um, yeah, imagine that you book a hot angle and. People yeah, attention. you book things. You book things well, and look what happens. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. We always said that about WWE. Man, they just did this right, and they just did that right. Well, right. it looks like what they're finally doing is they're actually doing a couple of things right for a stretch of time. Well, but can they maintain that? I don't know. I, I go back to one of our first episodes where uh, Aaron George wrote in and said, "What makes a good babyface?" And I think WWE sucked at that for so long. And mm-hmm. now, like, Sami Zayn is a solidly booked babyface. Cody Rhodes is a solidly booked babyface. Um, even on the, the, the female side, Bianca Belair. Like, they have strong babyfaces. You know, like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's rocket science. Um, you know, I think that, that plays a huge part in it. I think the thing for AEW right now is that 
there they had three major events you know i mean and i'm not even counting blood and guts you know you had double or nothing you had forbidden door and now you've got all in so you have three tent poles that you're building towards and now you're on the last leg so my my take on AEW right now is that people are like man it doesn't feel the same well they literally were just in canada for two and a half weeks correct well so let's see what happens when they blow off the bcc elite angle which has been 80 percent of what's going on on dynamite if they blow that off on blood and guts then we're gonna see what the stories look like going into correct London. And I think that's when we'll see what people are really waiting to see, if there's any sort of interaction with Punk and FTR. Correct. Yes, that's what I think people are curious about. Correct. So, uh, But you know what I think our listeners are curious about, Andrew? What's that? Our questions. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Man, it's been a minute. It's been quite some time. Uh, Andrew, we got a bunch of questions. This first one's a good one. Uh, this year's Ricky, uh, this year's Ricky Starks winners. This year's Owen Hart winners are Ricky Starks and Willow Nightingale, which we discussed last year was Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Who do you predict will be the men's and women's uh, winners next year? Mm. Uh, I'll just go super random. Brody King and Julia Hart. I was gonna say Julia Hart too. So okay, it feels like it's not random if we're both. It feels like Julia Hart is getting a push. Yes, I agree. They've given her like uh, her own specific entrance. With like that, like rope stand thing, and I, I did like how her jobber's name was uh, Barbie. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, so we're in agreement there. And you said Brody King. Mm-hmm. I'll say well, they went heel, and then Ricky Starks turned heel. So let me think of a baby face that'll win next year. Uh, I say Darby Allen. What's it? Darby Allen. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. Give him something without giving him a belt, you know. Do you think the Owen will be a permanent yearly thing? Yeah, I think I think Tony Tony Khan loves his tournaments, loves his uh, mini bookings. You know what I mean? And I think it's and very smart production. They put the Martha Hart speech that goes way too long on Battle of the Belts. Correct. Nope. Yeah, that very. was the worst part of last year. And Tony <laughs> outdid her this year. He's like, oh, she wore a giant hat last year. This year, check out mine. You know, cowboy Tony. So yeah, Tony did not look out of place at all wearing. He that looked cowboy. like an eight-year-old dressed like a cowboy for Halloween. <laughs> Don't you have a Ring of Honor show to book, Tony? Get that fucking hat off. Saddle up, partner. <laughs> all right, next question. Uh, speaking of Ring of Honor, let's talk about some of the originals. Now that we've finally seen CM Punk and Samoa Joe hook it up once again after 20 years of not touching in the ring. Are there any more potential rematches you would like to see, realistic or unrealistic? I'll give you one. Sure. When Batista was finishing up and he wanted one more match, I wish it was against The Undertaker instead of Triple H. Oh, okay. yeah, that's. I thought bad. they had better chemistry. I wish they would have wrestled one more time. Batista and Taker. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Uh, my mind goes right to, like, cause I think because I'm thinking of Joe, my mind goes to Joe and AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, we saw it at WWE a couple times. I don't know that I'd want to see it because his body's pretty broke down, but Joe and Kurt Angle would be cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one, I, I can answer this one for Steve Willie, Nigel McGuinness, and Brian Danielson. <laughs> yeah. That's, that actually could be realistic. Yeah, I don't it's... really know the shape. He's been calling the matches for Collision and, and Ring of Honor, but like I don't know how realistic it will be yeah. for Nigel to get in the ring again. I don't think he'll be in the ring by All In, but I wouldn't be shocked if we see like an altercation at All In. 
I'll, I'll give you one other one, but it's more of a sliding doors moment. Um, Sean almost wrestled Eddie Guerrero in 2006 before oh, wow. Eddie died. Yeah. Like that was some that was pen, that was written in pencil that uh, they were going to wrestle at that WrestleMania in Chicago in 2006. Before so that would have been like WrestleMania 20... 22. Yeah. Yes, that would have been it. I would have fucking loved to see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Didn't happen though. Um, Andrew, if you wanted Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg to face off in a pro wrestling match with a special stipulation, what would it be? Everybody dies match. <laughs> No man standing. <laughs> no man standing. Um, yeah, that would be mine. <laughs> mine would be a first blood match, and I'd want Elon to win because I'd like to see what color blood Zuckerberg has. I think it's green. <laughs> I think it's green. <laughs> like an alien? Yes. Like that always bothered me about the android and alien when they ripped the head off, and it's like basically like greenish goo. It looks like it looks like potato salad. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm picturing if Mark Zuckerberg lost the first blood. Or it'd be sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Did you join um did you join threads yet? Uh I think that I did and I didn't know that I did. Supposedly <laughs> like... if you Instagram you can basically immediately join threads. Yeah. Uh I'm already done with it though. <laughs> yeah, I, look, it's it's like all things. It's like I mean, Elon knows we're not going anywhere, man. Like, I wonder if Elon is tanking it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that he's theory. He's Detroit Pistons. He's tanking. Yeah. He's taking the franchise. Pistons have only been tanking for about four years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, in a pro wrestling match, I don't. You know, I think Mark could hold his own. Well, he does like right. he does jujitsu. He does. Uh, life, he does. So. I've seen, I've seen, you know, be, these, these, all these Gracie kids, they can get paid all they want to say how great he is. Right. I'm not going to believe it. Right, exactly. But, but, you know, Elon doesn't look like he trains much. That's no, all. There's a say. photo of Elon that you could Google where he was, I think he's like paddle boarding or something. Like, like the, the, where it's like you're standing Well, you're not going to see it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's just say he looks like a ghost. He's so white. It's, it's not flattering. Okay. So, uh, all right. Next question. Orange Cassidy casually looked for the nearest people for partners in his trios match on Dynamite, and they just so happened to be Keith Lee and Vikingo. I, okay. By the way, that name's hard to say. Vikingo or Vi- Vikingo? It's El Hio del Vikingo, but no one Vikingo. calls it. They just call him El Vikingo. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't sound right. Vikingo. Like, right. It doesn't sound right. You know. It doesn't uh, roll off the tongue. Yeah. Would he have done the same thing if the nearest people were the Spanish announced project? I think he actually would have been still one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Orange is still on a hot streak, dude. Follow-up question. Who are the two funniest people he could have turned and found? Uh, the Butcher and the Blade. <laughs> I say Pretty Peter Avalon and a return to of Jimmy Havoc. And Cesar Bononi. Cesar Bononi. <laughs> Negative it's like, one. hey. Um, but no, like, uh, I don't think he's... Oh, no, I take that back. Uh, Orange and Darby Law to Sammy and... Um, Yep. Garcia, thanks to Swerve. Yep. So he did lose a tag match, but in, for the title, Lance Archer, he had to beat him on count out. I think we're going to see a rematch there. Yeah. Um, I don't, so I don't we'll think see. Archer's the guy to beat him for the belt. But. No, I I know Archer complains a lot about how he doesn't feel like he's booked right there. What if it's you Cole know, Cabana it, at All Out? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you want to have the press conference of a lifetime. Yeah, that then, then he gives a press conference with the belt eating muffins. <laughs> oh, jeez. That would be incredible. I'm, I'm starting to openly wonder who might even be on the level. And, yes, I said that word, on the level 
to take the title off. Yeah, no, like, I agree. Like, it's got to be yeah. somebody that's like Keith Lee. Yeah, I don't you think know? it could be like somebody that's just like debuting. And let me tell you this too: the 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 person who wins it off of him, the fans are going to be mad. It might even be packed. The one he won it off of. Yeah, it could be. It could be using the Hummer. Yeah, I mean, he, I saw a thing where he's got like thirty title defenses already, which is kind of wild. So. That's insanity, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, in lieu of the a- MJF Adam Cole buddy team storyline, can you name someone whom you despise for a while, then became best of friends later on? Uh yeah. There, there was, there was a couple um, of friends that I had, like that I, I grew to became really good friends, and where in, in my childhood I couldn't stand them. Sure. Yeah. It's hard though. Like those memories never go away. Yeah. Um, I can do you one better uh my wife and i <laughs> had a, a period before we ever dated where like we could not stand each other and didn't speak to each other for months like because we had the same friend groups and stuff that's funny because me and my wife have the same dynamic right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking Emily's a smart uh, i'm trying to think of like friends though that are like that and i think yeah, there's got to be some, but nothing pops in my mind. You see, it's hard, like, because you almost take I'm sure the bag. I, I think it's more likely out. that I'm the one that was despised and I grew on people. <laughs> you know, like. I, re- I, remember, I remember I had a friend who was like, you know, I always didn't like you because I heard you told everybody I was a lesbian. <laughs> I was like, and you know what's sad? I did. <laughs> but you know what? We're still glad you listened, Ben Morse. So. <laughs> Yes, it's not going to be ten hours this time. Yeah, the only reason I make shots at Ben Morris is because he's the only one that replies to to our shots. And so he's the I only one who listens all the way to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We dropped those little Easter eggs. Yeah. We call them the Morse eggs. Yeah, yeah, we're we're an hour and fifteen minutes. The morsels. Left. We're just getting started, Ben. <laughs> like, we're oh, like, we have fifteen more questions. Yeah, we're the Greg. Val- <laughs> we're the Greg Valentine of podcast. Takes us an hour to get warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, next question. AEW has gotten accustomed to calling no DQ tags tornado tags. Should they be <laughs> should they be more locationally appropriate? Have blizzard tags in the north and hurricane tags in the south? <laughs> I would love to see a hurricane tag team. Why don't you do it during hurricane season when everybody's evacuated? Yeah, right. They do it on the beach. Empty arena matches. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, we literally did empty arenas during COVID. <laughs> like, we can't do one in a in an evacuated beach. So, like out west, could they do like mudslide tags? Oh, that's too dangerous. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, Fall, I, yeah. The idea of a mudslide dying via mudslide is like the scariest thing I've ever heard. It's in my scary life. and also embarrassing. Like, imagine waking up in the gates of heaven and like, oh, how'd you go? Like, mud, mud killed me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an entire an entire avalanche of dirt fell on my house and killed me and my family. <laughs> I got killed by mud. <laughs> But like uh, now, a blizzard tag. I think we talked about how um, we've never seen a wrestling match on a hockey rink. Like I don't know if you could do a wrestling match in like frozen terrain. Like uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be tough. I, I mean, be, well, AEW did it, but they, that was because they didn't pay for it. For Ghana, never paid the heating bill. <laughs> I, I, I'm calling it right now. If we ever have a wrestling match on a, on an ice rink, you know how they do the spots. Like Undertaker's done it. Sting back in WCW, where they, like, they come up from under the ring, like burst a hole through it. Someone's gonna do that in an ice rink match. They're gonna burst a hole in the ice <laughs> rink. You know how the Rock accidentally did that awesome people's elbow where he slid. Yeah. That's what I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would do the sliding elbow right. everywhere. <laughs> Or, like, 
I guess whoever does the best big boot with ice skates probably is going to win the match. But no, I'm, it's just like they called it a Texas tornado tag. I think they were like in New York. Or <laughs> Um, I think actually that tornado tag was that we didn't even talk about this. It was that random one where they had um, Jericho and Sting doing their mini feud, and yeah. Sting tried a spot and he hit it mouth first, and yeah. a lot of people got scared that he was hurt. Yeah, yeah, he kind of missed the jump and biffed mm-hmm. it. So right, uh, and people were like it's Darby's fault. He's a bad influence. Darby's like, I didn't tell him to do anything. <laughs> He's like, I actually begged him not to. <laughs> uh, all right, next question is, when Cody Rhodes' documentary comes out on Peacock in the next couple of weeks, a uh, trailer for that just dropped, uh, if WWE refuses to acknowledge his AEW run when he left WWE in 2016, what should they retcon his absence with? Lumberjack. <laughs> Lumberjack. <laughs> is that the Dexter? Who's just chopping trees. Yeah, Who's chopping trees in the sunlight, and that's how his hair turned white. So I, I'm going to go with the Simpsons reference here. Okay. And since he was Stardust when he left WWE, the Simpsons had Poochie as a character. And when they wrote him off, they said, Poochie has to go back to his home planet. And, like, <laughs> just pulled him <laughs> off the screen. So they could say that Stardust went back to his home planet. Let me let me be clear. When he interviewed with Steve Austin, they openly talked about AEW. So they would be so dumb to not talk about it. So if you watch the trailer, they do have clips of him as the American Nightmare. You see a couple... Because he was in the Indies. Yeah, of him yeah. walking to the ring with uh, Brandy and stuff. I don't think you'll see any AEW footage, though, because that would have to be a favor from Tony. And well, yeah, because like Nick Khan or Triple H or somebody would have to, or Vince would have to give him a call, Tony Khan a call, and be like, hey, can we use your footage? Yeah. They're yeah. not going to do that. No. Uh, and I think Tony Khan, who in the past has let guys do stuff, I think that bridge is burned. Um, he let Jericho do that podcast that one time that was it yeah it'd be interesting yeah. to see like what they say about it and if they mention that it still exists and it's still doing quite well like <laughs> well i i don't know if we talked about this i i think we did talk about this where um when it was you me and steve for the draft where i think ariel wani was trying to like get a, a quote out of paul Heyman when he interviewed him a long time ago like well over a year ago and he said like do you what do you think of AEW?" and paul Heyman was kind of quiet and Ariel Wani said, like, do you think it's viable? And Paul Heyman, like, perked up and go, oh, they are viable. Yeah. They are a viable entity. Like, they know what kind of competition AEW is. Yeah. You know, that's why they're trying to up their ante right now, which is good for them. You know? Correct. Yeah. Uh, let's see a couple more. Kenny Omega shockingly kicked out of Will Ospreay's version of the one-wing angel, the one count. Then Dustin Rhodes did the same thing to Powerhouse Hops spine buster. Do you have any issues with baby faces kicking out of a heels finisher at a one count to show fiery comeback instead of two? I hate it. So there was a little discourse on this. I hated that it happened like two to. Th- I think there was a third time that it happened too in the course okay. of like ten days. I don't okay. like that. The fact that yeah. it so rarely happens is what I think made. Uh, Kenny's, Kenny's moment seemed good, and then Dustin Rhodes did it, and he ended up losing the match anyways. So it's yeah. Like... I just made this as an excuse to talk about the Osprey Omega match. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. The, uh, you know what? Here's the thing, too. The match was only great to start, but <laughs> but it got going from great to greater after that. But here's the thing. Like we talk about how matches have certain great, awesome all-time matches have certain gears where it like reaches a certain gear where you're like, all right, I don't even know how this is gonna end. Like that's how the match is is at, and it's at like the 25 minute mark, and there's 15 minutes to go. 
And you're just like, I have no idea how this is going to end. And it's like one head dropping move after another. And also, no messed up spots. I do not, I do not remember. The only thing I remember is that when Kenny did that little split legged uh, bulldog, he missed him by a little bit, and that was it. Correct. Everything else looked pitch perfect. Yeah, Will Osprey is the real fucking deal. And to go back to the one count kickout too, why I think that one worked a little bit is you could kind of use like a wrestling logic of. Well, when Kenny does it, he knows how to use the right force because it's his mm. move. You know, like... Can you do the whole kick out where you kick out and, and do the thing at two instead? Yeah, I think you could, but I... I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with the one... Well, you know who ruined that? The ring, the Gabe Sapolsky ruined that because every time in Ring of Honor somebody got a finisher, when they would kick out, they would flop around like a fish like they were still alive and then they would just fall back down. It was like, well, you can't do fiery kickouts anymore because everybody thinks that you're going to supposed to kick out of everybody's finisher, you know? Right, correct. Now we have the 2.9. By the way, you talk, we always talk about the Kurt Angle 2.99 shoulder up ratio. Jay White is amazing at it. Yeah, very, very good. <laughs> Jay White. There were a couple times where I'm like, did he? Did he fuck that up? Like, <laughs> are you sure he got his shoulder? Right, up? right. You know. Uh, let's do two more. We'll save a couple of these for the next one. Uh, okay. If you, I like this one though. If you wanted Tony Khan to get the rights to an '80s song that you can't stand uh, hearing to replace Tarzan for the newly heel Jungle Boy Jack Perry, which one would it be? So, so an '80s song that you hate, right? Yes. Um, God, our house, which is that one, our house our in the house. middle of our yeah. one. Okay, that was the. So, so we had a CD at Circuit City when I worked there. That was the first song that played to open every single day. So when I heard that song, I knew that work had just started. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> and I was worst. miserable, and I, I I hated the song anyway. I think it's a bad song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's not a great one. Um. Let me think. So an 80s song that I don't like. <sighs> Do you think they should stop the Tarzan song for Jack Perry? Maybe because the crowd will still do the the chance with it, and if they want, you know to what I would them, do? I would I would have them do the wave, but with the middle finger and just wave. That's the actually finger kind like. of smart. That's actually that would be kind of funny. funny. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I, I everybody have fun tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Wang Chung tonight. Every, kung Fu fighting would be a good one for everybody. Was <laughs> kung Fu fighting? <laughs> has uh, Elton John um uh stuck on like have you stuck on it yet? Has is it okay for you yeah, now? I think, I think it's fine. Um, I I honestly only watched the intro the first two times and I skipped past it the the last two. So okay, you know, uh, okay. Uh, will negative one somehow be featured at WrestleMania and all out in the sa- all in slash out in the same year? Yes. Oh, okay. He will show up at one of those shows. Okay. Because for those who don't know, I mean, I mean, if you watch WrestleMania, um, Brody Lee's son got TV time right before the match between Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. So without the mask. So correct. I mean. You could always say that, that that wasn't him. That he had the mask on, but um, but yeah, I mean, God bless Brody Lee's son, man. He's living the dream. Yeah, he is. Um, I agree. Uh, I think. I, do you think they'd put him in the WWE Hall of Fame? I think they would. 
Brody Lee, that is. Luke the Hart. only thing that bothered me, and it's not their fault, is that they said that that's the former son. Of, that's the son of former WWE superstar Luke Harper. Yeah. And I, eh, it kind of like bothered me because yeah. that guy wanted to be known as Brody Lee. Correct. Yeah. That John was his, wanted to be known as Brody. That Lee. That was his indie name. That was yeah. Correct. Yeah, that was the. Only, I don't remember exactly. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm taking words. Maybe I'm taking it wrong. But maybe he did say Brody Lee. I can't remember. Um, talk about the Michael Cole. But um, I don't know. I just don't think they would recognize that. I don't know. I, I don't. It's, I don't know that they would either. Uh, they don't like. That's a, that's a universal thing where everybody loved Brody. Everybody. Correct. Did. I no. think. I think he's a Hall of Famer. In their pocket, you know what I mean. I think they have a lot of guys that they just kind of they wind up being the... a wrestler. No, I'm talking about Brody Lee as as a Hall of Oh, player. oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you meant the son. I, yeah. I apologize. No, I, like, I think Brody that... Lee is one of the many guys that WWE has kind of in the pocket. Oh, like, that John Huber, yes, John yeah. Huber. Whenever they need to point. flesh out a, a Hall of Fame card, yeah. boom. You know, one of his best, so many guys. one of his closest friends was Biggie. Yes. So Biggie, yes, I mean Bray Wyatt could give a speech. Like, did you read the story that Bray Wyatt has an illness? Uh, I'm starting to wonder if he actually is sick. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I saw a thing that Eric Young, who recently debuted on TNT, he again, showed up. He showed up at Impact again, right? Yeah, and it came out that like they had wanted to do like a Wyatt family relaunch with him. Bray Wyatt, Bo Dallas, and Alexa Bliss, and then Wyatt got an you know illness. What, Eric Young you know quit, and Alexa Bliss got pregnant. <laughs> you know what really spooks me is that they were going to have Mike Bennett dress up as Sister Abigail. Oh Maria Kanellis is his wife. You could have just had her as Sister Abigail. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> like Interesting. that. That doesn't make sense, but yeah. you know, I just hope Wyndham Rotunda is okay. I mean, it, it's all shrouded in mystery. What's going on? Well, I mean, he he did battle depression. Didn't he battle depression or something? Why was he be- really? He took a hard time when John Uber yeah. passed away. I mean, yes. it could be illness in that sense. I mean, that is illness. Yes, um, it is. So, I mean, it could just be a, a a mental battle. And if that's the case, man. But yeah, the time we, you need, we're you know? gonna see negative. I wonder if negative one's gonna show up in this dark order or heal stuff in some way. Yeah, I don't know. Like. Maybe the like a a meeting of the family, you know, slaps. The thing that people have to remember too, John, Brody Lee was a despicable heel. Like Correct. he was not like, a nice guy. Yeah, yeah he like <laughs> beat the crap out of Cody. Like he like he dominated. Uh, he fought. Did he fought. Did he fight Moxley for the title too? He did at Double or Nothing, one yeah, of the empty arena ones. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I think that'll wrap it up for questions tonight. And Andrew, man, we really did this. We're at an hour and a half, and we're done. Feels yeah, good, and there was a lot, there was some to cover, but it's you know the thing about AEW, like you said, it feels like a blur sometimes. Like yeah. there's entire weeks of television where I'm like, what? Wait, what happened again? You know, yeah. like it's and I almost have to rewatch it to remind myself. But Whereas this it, week they had a match that was almost as long as this podcast. So <laughs> I know, I know. Like, like if you put those two together, like I think the first one was about 25 minutes, and that yeah. one was 50 minutes. That's an hour. That's an hour and 15 minutes of wrestling. And some people are like, yeah, but, um, you know, I'd rather have the stories. I'm like, you can have the fucking stories. I'll take the wrestling. Hey, that's, that's a whole <laughs> lot of juice, baby. That's a whole <laughs> lot of juice. Yes. So, but, but no, we're, um, we got, I just feel like we're in that weird spot like we always are where we have a Dynamite coming up that will have already aired where a huge main event is ca- happening. And when that is over, then they can move forward to whatever they're going to do. And then when we do our next episode, 
we're going to have a really good idea where they're going with some things. Yeah, with All In, All Out, uh, looming on the horizon. Uh, we'll be back in August. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll have some stuff. You know, even if we don't, as our good friend Boris Johnson once said, if you just wing it, people will believe you. <laughs> well, as Boris Johnson always says, Hey, Jugger Boy, take those sunglasses off. We're inside. Sunny afternoon.